Hello? Hi. Hey. Uh, can you, like, hear me? I can hear you. Are you feeling any better? Yeah. I had two whole... <clears throat> oh, my God. Two whole saltines, so... Oh, how do you... Oh, my God. <laughs> Pal. Um, I apologize for the lateness of this and for my voice, but I was dying. It's okay now, though. Okay. I'm all good. Oh, you really, you are concerning me at the moment. I'm all good. I just want to put that out there. I had two saltines. You had two saltines. (laughs) Oh my god. That's really good for me, okay? I'm so worried about you. And I Um, drink water. Okay, okay, stay hydrated. (laughs) Pro tip, stay hydrated when you're dying. (laughs) We love being in college, and we love the fact that we're always sick. Um, I hate living in a dorm, though. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you. I have seen things here that I wish to have never seen. (laughs) Ooh, wait, I want some details. Let's let's get into that. It's just, like, I've seen people, I told you this already, but I've seen people just, like, walk out of the bathroom without washing their hands. That's literally literally, disgusting. Like, they see I'm there, we make direct eye contact, and they just don't wash their hands. Absolutely It's so nasty. Um, I walked into the bathroom the other day, and someone was just on their on the phone with their mom while taking a shower. Just what? like water was running and everything. I have what? no idea. I've never been more confused. Um, That's so wild! Wow. And then this okay. morning at like seven a.m., people were like partying. Seven a.m. I had to like check the time multiple times and be like, it's seven a.m., not p.m., right? What? Yeah, That's I don't so- know. There was, like, music playing, and they were yelling, and I was like, what's happening? <laughs> that, what? Yeah, Wait, I was this, know. like, a leftover party from last night? And they no, were just, like, still going at, at it? Like, 5.30, because, like, I slept all yesterday. And it was quiet until, like, 7. That's so weird. I know. I just don't understand. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so completely flabbergasted right now. Same. Okay, well, yeah. let's get into this podcast. <laughs> um, I'm Sonia. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Grimm. So this week I have, I, I want to say it's, it's a pretty interesting story. It's kind of short um, because it did happen a while ago, but it's like in the news again um, because it's like the 40th anniversary oh, okay. of her death. Yeah. So this is the case of Dr. Brenda Page. Okay. I don't think I've heard of it. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't either. I just went into like the most... I think they call it, like, notorious cold cases. Oh, it's a cold um, case? It's a cold case, yeah. Okay. So, um, 41 years ago, on July 14th, 1978, Dr. Brenda Page was found bludgeoned to death in her flat on Allen Street, um, which is in Aberdeen. So, that is maybe, like, an hour and a half outside of Edinburgh. Okay. Yeah, I do have a couple of friends who who live in Aberdeen. 
That's moment. Good. So yeah, and um, oh, she was she was literally only um, thirty two years old mm. when she died, which is so incredibly young. And she she was yeah. a doctor. She had her PhD. She worked at Aberdeen University as a geneticist. Mm. So, oh, that's so like, sad. just really the worst. Oh, honey. What? What is all of this noise? Oh, I just leaned back. Oh, okay. Is it good now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, this is this is one of Scotland's most notorious unsolved cold cases. Okay. Um, yeah, it was, it made, it was, like, really, like, heavily featured in the news at the time. So, um, her neighbor, 68-year-old Elizabeth Gordon, was the one who originally found Brenda, Mm-hmm. And um, the only reason that like she she was found so soon after she died was because a work colleague had come by to you know finish up some work, but um, Brenda wasn't answering the door or her phone. So her colleague knew that she was friends with Elizabeth Gordon and knew that if Brenda was going to go out or going to do something that would require her to like not be at home at the time of her um, of like this meeting, that she would tell Elizabeth Gordon. Yeah. Um, so she went over to Elizabeth's house and was like, where is Brenda? And Elizabeth was like, I don't know. She hasn't left a message with me. So she started to get worried as well. And then um, they're like close neighbors. So Elizabeth had a key to mm-hmm. her flat. Um, 13 Allen Street. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Um, that was Brenda's flat. So Elizabeth got to her flat, um, opened the door. And everything seemed really normal. So um, apparently, this was like a little side note in one of the, the articles that I read. But uh, she had three cats, Aww, and her I three cats, that. same. <laughs> so bad. Um, but they like, they made a little note that like Elizabeth walked in and her cats were like purring and stuff like that mm. um, at Elizabeth. But um, something still fell wrong. Uh-huh. So she opened the bedroom door and found Brenda dead oh. on her bed. And um, she was quoted as saying, quote, I saw nothing but blood and hair, end quote. Oh, my God. Was her Which hair is, ripped out? I guess, because, like, she was found bludgeoned to death, so I'm guessing there oh, must be, like, okay, some sort of, like, fallout from that. That's terrifying. Yeah. So um, the police immediately, like, they, they were called, they came in, they assessed the crime scene, and they had a theory. They, like, came up with a theory right away. They said that um, sometime in the evening of July 13th or early in the morning of July 14th, someone must have broken through a window or broken into the spare room at the back of the house uh-huh. and um, killed her. They said that Brenda had been battered on the skull and face with a heavy blunt instrument and they possibly like a poker or something like that like from like a um iron thing for like the fireplace uh-huh. um but the thing was she was fully clothed and she was like the position that she was in on the bed she was like laying across the bed just like she'd fallen there okay. um and she had not been sexually assaulted okay so Basically, the police immediately were like, this is gonna, this is definitely like a burglary that has gone wrong um, when Brenda Very was still wrong. in the house and the thief came in. But um, okay. nothing was stolen. Yeah, that's not typical of burglaries. <laughs> so that, that was very interesting. They were like, what else could it have been? Like, there's nothing else that could have been. And yeah. um, so then they considered 
like if one of her relationships had gone badly. Oh, okay. Um, like if if someone she was in a relationship with had killed her based on like for for object uh, jealousy or uh-huh. for like money or something like that. Um, so it turns out that Brenda was divorced three years earlier, but they did like mention that she was on good terms with her former husband, who was a biochemist at the university, Doctor uh, Christopher Harrison. Oh, okay. So that wasn't likely. Yeah, it wasn't likely. Okay. They also they also checked his movements on that night, and he was accounted for. So, so okay, he, so like, he's in the clear. He was ruled out as a suspect, um, and then they they said that Brenda did not have um, anyone else that she was in a romantic relationship with. Her family like knew that she didn't have anyone else like that in her life, and um, her neighbors knew as well. They were like, you know, like if you're a neighbor and someone's in a romantic relationship, you yeah, you'll see them. You, like, you should know. In. Yeah. Um, so she wasn't in a relationship with anyone, and um, yeah. So like they didn't know like who to what turn to next. they they yeah they they were kind of at um, a dead end. So they. Like went back to her past. They said that you know she was she had a top position at her her work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being thirty two years old and a geneticist, like that's pretty insane. Yeah. And um, it was really cute. They mentioned in one of the articles that she was an excellent cook and she knit, crochet, painted, mm-hmm. made dresses, and played tennis. Oh my gosh, she's talented. So she she is a talented person. And yet they didn't know anyone, like, you know, like, she was a nice person. She was well-liked by her colleagues and stuff like that. They didn't know who would have killed her. Um, so, yeah, they ended up, you know, interviewing a ton of people, like a ton of witnesses. Um, and a milkman ended up providing a description of a man that he had seen leaving 13 Allen Street in, like, the very early morning when he was going on his rounds um, on July 14th. So the police put up something like, I think it was, like, 50,000 posters, but nobody came forward and said anything about that. Okay. So things are pretty, like, that. they're kind of, like, at a lull, you know? There's nothing more that they can do. They have asked people, they've gone around, they've looked into her her past, any relationships that um, she might have had. And then the police kind of, dropped a bombshell on everyone. Oh, no. And they released the fact that Brenda was working as an escort oh. um, at the time that she died. So does that give new leads? So they had channels to explore at the moment. Because um, she was... But the thing, the thing about her being an escort is that she apparently worked for a very respectable company that okay. then the company's goal was to provide good-looking, well-educated females as, like, dinner guests for businessmen who oh, are away okay. from home. And um, so they, they gave a physical description of Brenda. They, they described her as tall, beautiful, and then, like, brown hair, well-read, polite. So she, so she really kind of fit that bill of being, um, like, a well-educated female, like, good-looking, respectable company kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um but this like to her friends and family like it, it wasn't a secret like they knew that she worked as an escort because you know it's like the late 1970s there's just like it's, it's the whole um 
atmosphere around this was like women's liberation you know like there were like sex clubs like yeah. all night clubs um like open-minded about it yeah like yeah. hiv wasn't really known so it was kind of just like oh, yeah. you know like right so um one of the detectives on the case uh detective inspector winter said that people should not assume that brenda's death was linked to this escort service that she was in it was called capital escort agency and um so they they were basically like you know brenda's death like that's it was a thing that she did but it's not necessarily linked to why she died yeah um yeah so like the whole thing is like right now if you say that someone's an escort it's it's like a lot different to like 40 years ago it's yeah so now people are like oh this escort is in, a person involved in the sex industry like a prostitute mm-hmm. but like like in the case of Brenda it was more it was it was not exactly about that it was kind of like Brenda could go and meet people for like companionship and company and like go socializing you know oh, like okay. there wasn't like internet like stuff like that you know like early like dating websites like tinder mm-hmm. yeah that um, makes sense yeah so her being an escort wasn't exactly for sex, it was more for, like, companionship. Okay. Yeah, and um, they did explicitly mention in all the articles that I read that being an escort was something that Brenda was, like, completely open about. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it wasn't, like, hidden-hidden. Um, when, but, like, not... <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's not known to the general public, which is why people were, like, as soon as they heard that she was an escort, they were like, oh, my God, like, that's definitely why she died. Yeah, they, like, um, judged it her. was yeah they judged her based on that as soon as that information came out, but like it wasn't a secret. Okay. Yeah. Um. So even through that lead, they came up with a bunch of dead ends, and they couldn't do anything about that. And it's a cold case at the moment. Um. So I do have a little timeline about what happened leading up to her death. So, in early July, William Austin. Um, who was the boss at Capital Escort, had dinner with Brenda. Okay. And um, Mr. Austin told the police later on that on the night of, she seemed frightened and concerned about her safety. Uh-oh. So she, like, knew uh, something was going to happen. I, I guess. I mean, like, she just seemed frightened and concerned about her safety, but, like, she didn't tell anyone anything else. Okay. Um, and then on July 13th, she goes to the Treetops Hotel in Aberdeen, and she she went there as an escort, so she had dinner with two businessmen. Okay. On July 14th, that was uh, at 2.30 a.m., that is the last time that Brenda was seen alive. Um, and then later that day, she did not show up for work, and her colleagues were very concerned. They went over to her house because they had a meeting, and then... Um, her neighbor discovered Brenda's body. Um, and Wait, then in, saw her at 2.30 a.m.? It just said that um, Brenda is seen alive for the last time. Oh, okay. She was leaving the hotel. Oh, okay. okay. So, so she was at the Treetops Hotel in Aberdeen. She had dinner with two businessmen, and she left at 2.30 a.m. Oh, she went home. okay, I see. I thought someone like, and, saw her going into her house at 2.30, and I was like, that's a little sketchy. <laughs> that is a little bit sketchy. Um, no, it wasn't that. She was leaving the hotel. Okay. Um. Yeah, and then in late July, the police ended up ruling out Mr. Austin and ruling out the two men that Brenda dined, who had dinner with, um, a couple hours before death, and they also ruled out her ex-husband, 
because um, oh, I was gonna say, what if it was like one of the two guys who she had dinner with, and they yeah. like something happened, and they like got mad. That that would be one of the the channels that they would go down. They did ex- end up exploring that, and nothing came of it. They were like there. Okay. Like, you can't. They they didn't have any more leads. All of their alibis checked out and stuff like that. And then um, in February of 2015, um, the case is reopened. Oh, um, that's recent. Yeah, it's pretty wow. recent. On it's on one of the anniversaries oh, okay. of her death. Um, so yeah, and it, it was reopened because of new forensic techniques. You know, like they, the oh, technology like... 40 years ago wasn't as great as it yeah, is now. Like obviously, we can get better from here. But um, like the new DNA stuff that people exactly with, like it's golden State yeah color. right. So they reopened the case because hopefully something could come of it. And um, last year in 2018, the police uh, came up with a bunch of statements and they, they basically asked if anyone had any information or if anyone knew someone who could be a witness, they asked them to come forward. And they put up a couple of videos like on, on um, news sites and stuff like that about coming forward. Okay, um, so it's still open, but they haven't found anything new? Yes, yeah, it's, they opened the case, but there is no new information. Okay. So, they're asking for information. Okay. Um, and, you know, like, her family has also come forward, and her sister even ended up saying, like, we really hope that someone comes forward because we would like to know what happened to, uh, um, to, to Brenda. Yeah, there's um, closure. Exactly, like, they, they really want some peace of mind about that which I, I can imagine would be incredibly like necessary after so long yeah like, you just know that she died and you don't know who did it exactly yeah. it's absolutely horrific um they do have a couple of like explanations i want to say um like theories yeah or... like theories okay. like this is this is like kind of a conspiracy is this from right? her family so, this is from, like, just the general public, people who've looked okay. into this case. Okay. So, the first explanation is just, you know, burglary gone wrong. Okay. Right? But she was working at Aberdeen University, and she was working on a project for the Department of Energy, where she was investigating the dangers facing divers in the North Sea oil industry. Um, and people have claimed that her death could be linked to that research. Oh. Like someone so, got bad about the research? Yeah. So Wait just a second. I need to go there. Sorry. <laughs> Alright, I'm good. Um, so, yeah. So she was researching um like dangers and um people thought that a lot of people could have a lot of money at stake because of her research so they've killed her for it which does it which does explain why she was killed nothing was stolen like if it was a burglary gone wrong something should have been stolen yeah like even after like after if it was a burglary if you if someone is going to steal stuff i feel like even if someone is in the house like you kill them you get the stuff and you leave yeah or you would have already started taking stuff by the time they got in there yeah but nothing was stolen 
um, yeah, so there was a man called uh, Marius Rikerus, and he's from Norway, so I'm completely butchering his name right now, <laughs> um, and I <laughs> apologize sincerely, but he was a human rights campaigner, and he represented the oil industry divers in the 70s and 80s, and um, he basically looked at a lot of cases where people were investigating corruption in the North Sea oil industry, and those people had died. Oh, wow. So it's happened to, like, other people. Yeah. So he he was quoted as saying, um, quote, there are certain parallels between our countries which are difficult to ignore. I'm not familiar with the Dr. Page case, but considering the money involved, there are various parties that stand to lose a lot. So perhaps her research was a factor in her murder. I have certainly been hounded by the Norwegian government for fighting for the divers and then for other human rights issues. If I was a weaker man and did not have such a strong international support, I'm not sure I'd still be here talking to you, end quote. Wow. So, yeah, like, that's pretty insane as well. He talked about a lot of cases where people were trying to expose, like, corruption and malpractice um in the early days of like the um like oil industry and gas like like getting oil and gas from the north sea and he talked about how those people had either died or disappeared um for example petter lossus i'm so sorry about the names i'm (laughs) really bad at this um but he was a high court judge in oslo and he led an investigation into like the safety conditions for the divers but the Norwegian officials like basically like canceled that report and then he drowned in oh, September of that year this was 2003 he di- he like died oh my god um there was another man who was a like Norwegian Ministry of Justice advisor and he apparently leaked some confidential papers to divers to help, like, their case. And um, he died of an overdose a month later. Oh, no. And then um, another man who was supposed to be a witness in court, um, he couldn't be a witness in court because the Norwegian government declared him dead in 2009, even though he was still alive. What? Yeah, so That's that was kind so of wild. weird. It's, it's literally being, such like, a conspiracy. Can you imagine being like, no, guys, I'm here. I'm alive. <laughs> and okay, apparently he's like, not. No. <laughs> you're just, you're dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, isn't that, that's just kind of insane to me that that yeah, happened. Yeah, that's so strange. Yeah, and um, so apparently the, uh, uh, one of the Scottish newspapers, the Scottish Sunday Express, they, like, revealed claims that British divers were used as, like, guinea pigs. Oh my God. Um, for diving and that basically caused them like bad health like disabilities oh. or they died do they know the risks going into it i'm i'm not sure i just know that like that's so they scary. they like got these people to go diving and a lot of them ended up dead oh god um yeah so what they said is that like the decompression tablets uh or um I think there are, like, tables used or something like that when you're, when you come out of the water, which is why, like, you don't go on, like, an airplane because you get, like, the bends. Yeah. 
Um, apparently, they were developed in a Nazi concentration camp, oh and they were meant God. for emergency use, like only emergency use. And they were used by the British to save time and money. Um, um no. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was a big thing. That was no, thank you. That's that was what she was researching. Yeah, exactly. That that was kind of like the whole conspiracy around it. And then um, oh, in okay. the nineteen eighties, the Department of Energy did a study. And basically, it showed that the, the, the government was aware of the, quote, completely unacceptable risks, end quote, to the divers. Um, yeah, and apparently there were 25 divers who died between 1975 and 1983. Oh my God. And many more than that were injured. Yikes. So if, if Dr. Page was researching this and, like, looking into the risks and, like, the health issues... Um, for divers like yeah it does stand to say that you know she could have been killed for that that's so sad you know it makes sense she was like quote like she was um said to be like frightened for her safety like maybe she knew about it you know what I mean yeah maybe she had like her her boss yeah exactly like her boss um Mr. Austin was like yeah Brenda Brenda was frightened she was concerned about her safety like so sad. And then she was found dead. Like, oh. after that, you know? Yeah. I think it's just absolutely heartbreaking because, like, she was looking into something that could save a lot of lives, you know? Yeah, and she seems and she, like such a good person and, like, exactly. talented person. Yeah. You know, she's a geneticist. She's also has all of these hobbies, like, knitting and crocheting and, like, dressmaking, you know? She's like, young. And she's 32 years old. Like, she has an entire life ahead of her, and that was just ripped away. Um, Well, at least it's open now again. I mean, hopefully that'll bring closure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, There is, hold on, there is a number here. So if if you have any information about this case, uh, call police at 101 or Crime Stoppers at 0800-555-111. So um, that that could definitely help people a lot. Um, a lot of the detectives have been saying that you know it's like that one phone call that could really yeah. like break the case wide open. You know, like solve it basically. Yeah, that's why um, I like covering um, like unsolved cases and stuff. You know. Yeah, like get definitely get attention. It's like I had never heard of of Rhonda Page. Yeah, me neither. At all, and like this was a notorious cold case. You know, like. Yeah, like, it definitely needs to be in in the media a little bit more. And like, I know that she worked as like a high end call girl, but like that doesn't discount her worth as a person. Yeah, I don't think that discounts anyone's worth, you know. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I just yeah, well, her family sad. deserves some closure. Yeah, and that was the case that I was looking at today. Yeah. Um, as always, I will post the links that I used for, for research in on our Instagram. So be sure to follow us there at Grim Podcast. And be sure to send us an email at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I think that's it. That is it. That was the end of my story. And yeah. I don't really I'm really bad at ending these, especially I after mean, like it's hard. such like a 
it's like you end like on a really sad note yeah and like how do you get back from that I don't know Phil it's just like time to reflect um on everything that happened in this in this woman's life you know yeah all right well we will definitely see you next week are we not um, doing life updates? Oh, well, you're right. Life updates. That's how we turn oh, it around. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Do you I'll go first because. My life? <laughs> oh, okay. There <laughs> um, you go first. Yeah, okay, go. I'll go first. So I'm completely swamped with work. <laughs> That's oh, com- so fine. For so some bad. reason, it's like the week leading up to finals that everything is due. So, like, I have oh, a paper. Yeah, I have finals. Oh, are you so, done after that? Yeah, like it, it's finals, and then I get to go home. <gasps> Lucky. So I'm very excited. Yeah, I know. I I'm. <laughs> it's actually really funny. When I first toured um, uni, I met with someone uh, from from like admissions, and so she asked me like what other place that I'd apply to. So I told her, and she was like, "You know what? The best thing about Edinburgh is is that right after finals, you get to go home. You don't have finals after you get back from break." <laughs> That's so nice. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. But before that, I have a paper for my biology class that's worth 20% of my grade. And I have a coding group project that's worth 20% of my grade. And a math worksheet that's worth 20% of my grade. And um, it's just incredibly hard and I don't know what's happening. Like, someone tell me what um, the, what is, like, rate laws? How do you do them? yeah I could not tell, tell you, you. <laughs> it's just like it's, it's so it's so frustrating because like you sit through these lectures and you're like yeah I understand what's happening and then they give you these like practice problems and you're like I don't understand what's happening just kidding I thought I knew but I didn't <laughs> I feel that so yeah I, I've spent all of my time in the library like trying to trying to get this done this morning I woke up at nine o'clock um no I woke up at seven sorry um I went to a coffee shop at nine and I stayed there until 2.30 trying to finish this coding. Oh, my God. That I'd started at home. Like, I, I woke up at 7, started coding, went to a coffee shop, finished coding, and then, like, <laughs> cried for 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's dedication. So bad. <laughs> I just, like, could not figure it out. I just kept on getting this, like, big warning. Um, like, I'd, like, run my code. And it would work, but there'd be, like, this warning right above it. And it's, like, big and red. Like, it's, like, you are oh, wrong. Um, <laughs> That's so basically. So yeah, it was, it's really, really awful. So I spent forever trying to research it. And I ended up, call, like, texting my dad. And I was, like, help. I don't know what's wrong. And he was, like, okay, what's wrong is that you're copying a data frame. And Python thinks that – or Python knows that you're copying it. And you're editing the copy. And Python doesn't want you to edit the copy. So you just have to explicitly state – that it's a copy. So he literally was like, at the end of this line, do dot copy and then open and close parentheses. And that's it. It fixed the, the stupid warning. And I was oh, like, I, I can't. I can't do this anymore. I can't deal with this anymore. I stared at it for like ever today and my mind just hurts. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's my life update. Coding is, coding is scary. <laughs> Sounds fun. Is that like computer coding? Yeah, it's or, like Python. Oh. Wait, are you... I thought you were doing, like, all um, um, bio classes. Are you not? Yeah, well, yeah, so I'm taking um, biological chemistry, origins and diversity of life, and quantitative skills for biologists. 
So that's just like the math and like the coding. Because apparently data science or like big data is very important right now. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's it's like it is biology based. Like the code that we're running is like I'm reading a data frame about like the results of an experiment, and then I'm like plotting it and interpreting that data. Uh, okay. I see. So yeah, it's very heavily bio based, but it's also very scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Enough about me. Tell me about your life. Tell me about how you're dying. No, I'm just kidding. Ah, Maddie. <laughs> um. So I'm dying. That's it. I don't think I'm gonna go to the horse show tomorrow, which I feel bad, but like But pal, if you're dying, like don't die more. (laughs) Standing outside for like seven hours is not gonna be helpful. But this time I did not have to take an ambulance away. (laughs) So so that's always good. (laughs) Um last time I was sick was like what, a month or two ago? Yeah, it was it was at the beginning. Yeah, the beginning of the school year, mm-hmm. and I got, like, super sick, and so I was, like, I texted my RA, and I was, like, uh, I'm dying, and she was, like, okay, well, I'm on duty, so I can't walk you over, but I can, like, call public safety or whatever, um, and so she called public safety, but then public safety couldn't take me to the, um, health center because I was, like, throwing up, and you can't just, like, throw oh my god, safety pal. car. And so, um, then they had to call, like, the on-campus ambulance. (laughs) So, right in front of my dorm, we're, like, in my dorm, like, there's a lounge on the bottom floor, and it's, like, a guy's floor on the bottom floor, so, like, there's a huge window, like, the whole front, like, wall is a window, and there's a bunch of guys sitting in there, because it's, like, a Sunday night, and so they can just see me, like, literally just, like, getting taken away in an ambulance, like, dying in front of the dorm and oh god it was so embarrassing i really really love that for you at least that didn't happen this time though <laughs> yeah i almost you'd be them, you would be known as like that girl from the ambulance <laughs> that girl that's your nickname taken yeah. away in an ambulance. <laughs> ambulance girl <laughs> ambulance girl that's me that's it that's it that is it chief call that is it <laughs> yeah so both of us are clearly doing really really well yeah. As as you all can tell, we're doing Driving. well. Alright, oh, so yeah. we'll see you next week with Paranormal from me. Yes, I'm so excited. I, I need a good dose of, like, ghosts. Woo! The light outside of my, my room keeps on flickering, and it just reminds me of, you know, the opening seasons of Supernatural <gasps> where they're like, flickering lights are ghosts! You're haunted. I'm, yeah, basically. That would be my first thought. <laughs> <laughs> it was my first thought. I literally, I was like, oh, shit, man. Ghosts. Whenever I, like, for some reason, I feel like this happens to me so often. But, like, when I'm walking, like, under streetlights, I feel like they either turn on or turn off when I'm, like, right under them. And I'm always like, oh, I'm haunted. So <laughs> I know. But I... Isn't that weird? <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> but, like, I feel that. Uh, yeah. You know? I feel like, yeah. I'm haunted. When, yeah. <laughs> probably. Hi, Hank. <laughs> he swallowed me to college. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, so, so we'll go see give you us guys a follow. Soon. Listen. Definitely do Share that. us with your friends. Oh, my God, please do. And have a good week. Yeah. Bye, friends. Bye.